This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another week of the Max Destruction Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, the host with the most. And with me is uh, is Ken. And I got to say, looking at him today, if the military ever fails him, he would make for a good-looking uh, bank robber. He He's all grayed out with the black beanie. Like, I think he could pull it off. Uh, I am attempting my early-stage bat costume uh, from Batman Begins. Thank you. Uh, okay. no, no, no ears, uh, but gray and black definitely fits. Uh, and I would have also gone with hobo. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to ride the rails like uh, king of the road. So kind of feel like my, my calling could go in, in a couple of different ways. And I'm, I'm super excited to see, I guess, what the next 10 years of my life looks like. Thanks, Dustin. You're welcome. You know, I, I hope nothing but the best for you unless it comes to this podcast. Um, so I'm excited. We have some surprises later on in this episode. Some like probably the biggest A star guest appearance we've ever had on the show. And I just can't wait for you to hear who we got. Like it's mind blowing. Um, before we get into that though, uh, we had a wham last week. Wham. And I gave the hottest wham I could think of with Severus Snape from Harry Potter. And, of course, we got some great answers. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe Garcia, you know, he didn't listen to our show and he put uh, Harry Potter. Um, kidding, because he also put a duck. So I, I think he literally was just trolling us. He also put Wong, which solid, solid option. Um, not sure who Macho put. Didn't, is that Mortal Kombat? Uh, what is hold on. that? Uh, what are what are you talking about, man? That's uh, low just, pan. Just, That's low pan from Big Trouble in Little China. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah, you can at me for that one. Uh, I'll take that. And then we got uh, <laughs> Akira, the Wizard from Conan the Barbarian. We got. Uh, Calcius from Doctor Strange. I mean, I cannot. I'm having troubles pronouncing stuff today. And then Kylo Ren, who I think is a great option, seeing how he tried to mimic his whole style after Alan Rickman Snape um, failed, but he tried. Yeah, some would some would say uh, really just rated the hot topic Severus Snape section uh, for his wardrobe. Um. You also had um, Saruman, excuse me, Saruman uh, from, of course, Lord of the Rings. I think it's hilarious that the resident Marvel fan uh, screwed up the Doctor Strange villain, uh, Caecilius. Uh, I remember he was Mad Mickelson's character from the first film. Um, de- solid, solid answers, of course. 
Um, and this is what happens when you have Marvel fans. There's zero loyalty uh, to their characters and uh, the importance that they serve in their lifespans. Uh, so, folks, those of you that are Marvel fans, of course, you're here for Dustin. And I mean, why would you be here for me? Uh, because you know that I am solidly more important and always right. Uh, so thank you. Thank um, you for your time. I remember you having doubts about DC not too long ago. So, you know, uh, your, your, loyalty waivers, your, your loyalty uh, waivers. Loyalty never wavers. Doubt it is wavers. an important part of faith, my friend. It is an important part of faith. I think that doubt is a lack of that faith. But uh, anyways, um, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, you know, like I said, we have something cool coming up. Uh, would you like to tell the audience what our matchup is today? Yes. So for our very last battle of this year and the last battle of the holidays, we really kind of pulled out all the stops. We figured where best to get our characters from childhood nostalgic movies, which is very interesting because one of the characters who I am, of course, going uh, for uh, should not be nostalgic uh, to anybody, but somehow has become that way because the movie came out in like 2010, uh, which is ridiculous that it's been that long. Um, and then of course, Dustin's <laughs> character, uh, comes from a 1968 movie. Uh, so very nostalgic, but before both of our times, before any old jokes come from this side of the fucking room. Um, so we of course are pinning heat miser, uh, from the world without a Santa Claus, uh, versus Elsa, uh, from frozen. Uh, and, uh, our very important guests are going to be here soon. Of course, uh, some would wager the greatest guests ever put on to a podcast. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that statement. Um, also talking about old jokes, uh, to make Ken feel old, just remember that frozen in 2010, that was the year I graduated. See, this is why we don't like you, Dustin. I'm like, legitimately, there's, there's reasons. And the, the, also the reason why our third wheel of the podcast, someone call us a tricycle, uh, Geo uh, is here. And, uh, of course, he has issues uh, with Dustin more so than I do, uh, given that he's older than me. And we made him that way on purpose. Geo? Yes, I am here, you assholes. At this point, I think my deli is way more popular than either of you folks. Destruction Deli specializes in cold cuts and insightful collateral damage assessments. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to destroy his deli later in this episode. Oh, but, this one's going to be good. This one's going to be good. This one's going to, this is like going to probably be the craziest destruction spectrum ever. I'll go ahead and say that. So with that out of the way, we have something we call tail the cocoa butter. And I guess we'll bring that grumpy flipping geo back to explain what it is. Here at the Max Destruction podcast and at the Destruction Deli, we use the tail of the cocoa butter as a measuring device. Think about it like the UFC's tale of the tape. The guys explain their characters' backgrounds, abilities, and equipment. And I use it to measure how many cannoli a person deserves. It's way more macho and 80s action than a stupid standard of measurement, don't you think? Yeah, 
Yeah, fair, fair. And uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's bring in our first guests of the day. Right. And uh, in honor of these guests and in honor of realistically what we're doing here, because really this podcast isn't for us, Dustin. I mean, we, we want to make it about us, but really it's 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 for the children. Uh, and I feel like if there's no better person to actually explain our characters, why don't we have your children explain Mr. Heatmiser? I'm Ryder. I'm Jasper. And we're going to talk about Heatmiser. Elsa sucks. And everything Heatmiser touches melts. And Heatmiser hates his brother because he's the cool. And Heatmiser doesn't like Gish. Anything below 60 degrees. He's super tall, super strong, and got away. Ah, good job, boys. You know, that was well said. I agree. Elsa does suck. You know, that was... um, that was as long as their attention spans last. They're a lot like me. So that's what you get. You know, all I would add in is, you know, Heat Miser, he controls the weather on the entire south side of the planet, keeping it scorching hot, no snow all year. And he hates his brother who does uh, basically everything Elsa can do only better. So just, you know, keep that in mind as uh, Ken brings in his guests. Uh, before I do that, though, I gotta applaud you. The fact that they use the pun of everything he touches melts, uh, legitimate, my friend. Uh, well done. Uh, and the fact Thank that you. you were able to throw that jab right in, I mean, just jab. It's I, I see where they're getting it. Uh, of course, uh, in the case of having Dustin has his kids, I felt it only prudent that my kids would be the one to bring in Elsa. So, girls, take it away. Hi, I'm Kelsey. Hi, I'm. And we're going to break down Elsa um, for our dad for this week's duel. Elsa was born on December 21st, 1819. She is the daughter of Agnar and Aduna, the older sister of Anna and the former queen of Arendelle. She was born with the the powers to manipulate ice and snow and as a child used them to entertain her sisters. However, Elsa accidentally hurt Anna with her powers and Anna's memories had to be erased. She grew afraid of her powers and was unable to appropriately control them. She lived in fear for hurting anyone with her powers and spent much of her form, formative years shut out from the world, although it pained her greatly to do so. Elsa also found, necess- found it necessary to, dis- necessary to distance herself distance herself from her family so there would be no risk of causing further harm. After her powers were exposed at her coronation, Elsa fled Arendelle and found peace in being able to experiment with her powers away from people she might harm. Ultimately, 
also was able to rekindle her relationship with her sister after learning how to fully and fully control and appreciate her powers. As far as her powers, Elsa was born with the magical ability to produce a many manipulate manip was able to produce and manipulate ice and snow. Despite struggling to control her powers and the low frequency of their use, Elsa was still capable of many feats. At the age of eight, Elsa was capable of freezing the entire floor of the Great Hall with just a touch of her foot. She was also produced enough she also produced enough snow to make a snowy hill large enough for her and Anna to slide down. Pabby noted that Elsa's power would only continue to grow, an observation that provoked, proved. proved true. As Elsa was unwill, un, unwillingly and without any consent, Conscious. Conscious effort capable of freezing an entire kingdom. In the middle of summer, Elsa was also able to construct an entire palace her, for herself in my, yeah. in mere seconds after she fe, fe, fled Arendelle. Elsa can use her powers to perform a wide variety of techniques, such as rapid creation of ice structures like sheets, spikes, and walls. She can use her magic to propel herself across an icy surface. Also, also displayed the ability to create snow creatures and imbue them with life. And enabling. enabling them to move of their own accord. This ability can manifest the, itself... itself Consciously. Consciously, as was the case of Olaf and Marshmallow. Or in... Voluntarily. Involuntarily, as was the case of Snow... Snow Snowgees. Snowgees. Elsa's powers intended to extend to the manipulation of winter weather as she was able to... Generally, generate a blizzard with powerful gusts of wind and create a small snow cloud for Olaf to stay cool. Furthermore, the winter weather Elsa creates itself sustaining, changing only if Elsa wills to. All right, so girls, who do you think is going to win, me or Mr. Dustin? You. Yeah. Why? Because um, Elsa is... Um, very powerful, and she she can control her powers. That's right. Um, so just just so you're keeping track, um, both of my children uh, had a 35 minute monologue uh, that I was able to pare down to five minutes, um, which there were whiteboards uh, and sketches as to how this was going to go. Uh, well done, girls. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, it was a blast having them. Uh, I know it was for you as well. So, yeah, you know they nailed it, and they definitely beat my kids in attention span and willingness to do the recording. I feel like, um, 
Also, like you had a prime opportunity to let your daughters make fun of me in some way, and you didn't take it. Proud of you. Oh, you know? that's on that's I on the editing room floor. It's on the. Oh, editing okay. Room floor. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, you should see my youngest. Uh, she has a bloodthirst that rivals mine. Uh, so Ooh. there were there was gnashing of teeth uh, and in the thoughts of who was actually going to be running this simulation. Uh, she actually wanted me out of the way, and she was going to take the episode herself. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah. You know that makes sense. Um, the only thing about your daughters is they're they're wrong because Heat Miser's going to take it. That's a matter of opinion, my friend. Uh, <laughs> bow to the queen. <laughs> All right. You know that was a lot of fun. I loved having the kids on. That is a perfect way to wrap up like the holiday season. But you know we don't leave things there. We do things a little different here. We like to actually play out how this fight would go. And we have Gio who's going to explain just that. Yeah. Let it go. Gio. Do you honestly think these idiots would be able to put their biases aside to come up with an answer to who would win? Absolutely not. So they did the next best thing. They stole a probabilistic model that a computer can use from the dynamic dual jamooks. Using this model, the guys input a character's stats, such as strength, fighting style, and most importantly, humor. They run the model 1,000 times to decide a match. But think about listening to a computer do anything. It's stupid boring. So instead, the guys end up simulating a fight in an environment that will undoubtedly put my fifth generation establishment in harm's way. The simulated fight doesn't have any bearing on the results, but I guess to some it's funnier. It's so much funnier. You have no idea. And, you know, I'm super excited for this fight. Normally, we we discuss where we would like this fight to take place. So, Ken, where, where do you see this fight happening? You know, it was very evident that Gia wanted to move out of New York City. You know, the hustle and bustle of the town, kind of miniaturized and small quartered area where his deli was going to be sitting. You know, to the snow-capped mountains of Connecticut. Uh, unfortunately for him, though... The characters that we chosen both manipulate matter to a certain degree that will cause either extreme heat or frigid temperatures. So the fact that he moved didn't really help him all that much other than it just gave these two characters a little bit more room to move around and do their thing. So what we're going to say is the abandoned lot next to the Destruction Deli, uh, Connecticut branch, is where these two characters are going to duke it out. All right, I like it. And, you know, he might have got permission from his brother that, you know, he can make it hot in Connecticut for a Christmas. But lo and behold, Elsa's bringing the snow. So these two meet on the battlefield. I'm going to say... He miser starts off first by saying, oh, snow, you work with that Santa Claus, don't you? You get out of here. And he is going to fire a heat beam at her from his little projector that he keeps with him at all times for whatever reason. I mean, why wouldn't you keep a projector with you at all times for no reason? Obviously, Elsa's is going to see this person like shoot something at her. She's not really sure what it is. Could be like a cannon of some type. You know, she was born in the 1800s. So, I mean, they had rudimentary firearms. So, 
she's going to see this beam coming like a mile away because not only has Elsa dealt with just like normal powers use, uh, she is able to create mother effing life from her powers. So as this beam is coming, she is going to create like seven of the giant hulking marshmallow snowmen. And two of them are going to take that beam like head on to kind of take it over. But the other five are just going to rush heat miser. Okay. You know, that's where they, they take that beam, but that beam is over a hundred degrees. So it's just going to melt a hole right through them. And still I'm going to say clip Elsa in the shoulder and as these behemoths are rushing towards him, he misers no slouch. Like he's a little bit bigger than your average human. He's going to simply just like touch these giant abominable snowmen looking things and just going to turn into a pool of water next to him and then evaporate. Well, Elsa's going to take this kind of glancing blow and she's going to just auto cool the area. You know, it's going to probably be like a, a superficial burn of some type, maybe no more than a, a sunburn. Uh, but she's going to cool the area off just automatically. Uh, and now that she can kind of see that anything that comes around him, uh, it, it's it's heated to a temperature that she's not used to. Um, but her fjord uh, in Arendelle is used to extreme temperatures one way or the other. So uh, as... You know, she watches her other marshmallow men kind of get knocked down uh, and slowly, like, melt. I'm thinking, like, Terminator 2. Like, the, the snowman's thumb comes up as it goes down into the puddle, and it's just sad for everybody else around, except for Dustin, because he has no heart. Uh, so Elsa's going to go ahead and tap the, tap the floor where she's at, and it's going to make a snow ice sled. Uh, kind of like Iceman in the original X-Men comics. And she's just going to start zooming around the area, just using her mobility to an advantage, like launching icicles at Mr. Heatmiser from all around. Okay. Um, one, I applaud you, sir, for using X-Men. I'm another Marvel character. I see you slowly turning red. I like it. Anyways, um, you know, Heatmiser, he's going to see her like, snowboarding towards him and this is just constantly making him more and more angry because the level at which this guy hates the cold weather is unbelievable so he's just going to get so angry and so worked up all of a sudden all around him in like a i'll say 100 foot radius it's going to all of a sudden jump up to about 110 degrees because he controls the weather on the entire southern half of the earth he could easily do that in little old Connecticut, and he's going to just start charging at Elsa with his big belly hanging out, trying to catch her on the sled, obviously failing because, let's face it, he's slow and bumbling. But he's he's going to fire projector beam at the sled. So a lot happened. What's So up? like, yeah, likely knocking her off the sled, but she's going to just make a snow drift appear so when she lands it just lands into a thing of snow now here's the thing about heat it he might be able to make it around 110 degrees but elsa's able to bring the temperature and pressure around that area down to the point where oxygen no longer is moving 
So as he's doing this, steam is just coming out of nowhere as, as those hot and, and cold temperatures are really meeting up. And out of the steam is going to create clouds. These clouds are going to slowly just build up and build up and build up with precipitation. This is rain, folks. That's right. Science. Science, bitches. And not only that, it's going to create a thunderstorm because of the high and low pressures that are just butting up against each other. And she's just going to keep pouring on this 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 temperature cooling all around the area uh, until a fucking tornado shows up. Now, the tornado is going to be then frozen by Elsa, and she is going to have it just pummel right into Heat Miser. So not only is it an ice sheet coming at him with wind, but it's moving high-velocity air that his heat can't do jack about. Wow. Okay, you bust out the science and just went full-on hardcore at it. Um, I applaud you. I'm much simpler. I'm going to say, you know, as this thing's coming at him, he's going to just rush straight towards Elsa. So the tornado is chasing him as he is also going after her. So she's going to get caught up in the crossfire. And as they're like in the midst of all this like crazy wind and weather and storm, he's going to grab her by the throat. And kids, I'm sorry, but for one, your father already cussed. So, you know, um, blame Ken. Everything Heat Miser touches, like my kid said, melts. So he's going to grab her by the throat and literally melt Elsa to nothing but bones. That's that's pretty hardcore, dude. Thank you. The problem is, is that he grabbed a exact-looking replica of Elsa, but a snowman replica of Elsa. And as it's melting away, he's noticing it's literally just water coming out of nowhere. And that is when icicles shoot up from the ground and impale Heat Miser, ending the match. Ooh, okay, I like that. Either Heat Miser grabbed the real Elsa and did a Mortal Kombat fatality, melting her to where she's nothing but bones, or it was a clone and Elsa does a Mortal Kombat fatality, like Sub-Zero style, of getting impaled by ice spikes like he just fought Vlad the Impaler. I like it. Um, I think that's a great place to stop. And also, you know, kids, I'm sorry for killing cartoon characters. I mean, sort they kind of knew really. what they were getting in. They were they knew what they were getting in for. They they do know us, basically. And honestly, I didn't think that this battle was gonna go any other way than really just becoming Mortal Kombat. True. Very, very, very true. So, you know, with that out of the way, like let's get on with the Damage Spectrum. The Destruction Spectrum, or as I like to call it, the Insurance Adjuster's Notes. The guys take each character's <laughs> destruction potential and decide on a scale of 1 to 5. Really, it's all about how much damage they do to my deli. Since you guys think it's hilarious, I guess I'll just keep switching insurance companies. There is certain to be a ton in New York, right? You know, there were, but we're in Connecticut now, buddy. So tough break. Um, so like for me, this fight is just absolutely insane on the damage spectrum. Like I think this is going going to be a five for me simply because you got two absolute powerhouses that literally control weather. Like you got ice and heat 
And then you brought in the science to make it a giant tornado storm. Like this is end of the world type of crap that's going to be happening at this deli in Connecticut. I don't see many survivors. Yeah, it's so the way I'm looking at it is like El Nino, right? Not the Chris Farley SNL, I am El Nino kind of thing. This is like legitimately changing weather systems. Uh, and unfortunately for, well, Geo and more importantly, the state of Connecticut, uh, we have just changed the temperatures to 120 to like negative eight in like three and a half minutes. So I, I am inclined to believe that it's very likely going to just like be a nuclear holocaust uh, in the area. Uh, so I would go a five on this because I don't think any life is actually allowed to live. Um, and not only that, just kind of an insult to injury, not just is it going to be damaged, but Elsa's little snowmen and little snow puggle things are probably going to just steal everything in Geo's deli. I mean, like all the gabagool, all the bacon, all the pastrami, it's all gone because uh, they're going to jack him. Uh, and it's not going to be pleasant for him, but it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I agree completely. This is this has got to be one of the worst we've ever done to the deli. And I personally feel so good about it. It's not even funny. Like, I don't feel bad at all. So I'm excited to see who wins. Let it be Heat Miser. That's all I'm going to say. Well, it's good to hope and dream. I mean, as, as we have found that these two characters really inspire that in our in our children, is you know you got you got to go for the gold you got to you got to live live for tomorrow um, and with that we'll go ahead and go with the results so for the final battle of 2023 just let that sit in we have now done this is episode 11 of season two uh, and we had 20 episodes in season one I think something like that uh, we uh, we've had quite a bit of battles. Uh, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, and I am not stalling for time. Um, I'm legitimately, you know, nostalgic with <laughs> love. Um, really just kind of allowing Dustin a few more fleeting moments of hope. Um, but the winner of this fight of a thousand matches, just, just, just let it breathe. Let it, let it breathe. Queen Elsa uh, spanked the hell out of Mr. Heatmiser. Uh, 879 to 121. That's 87.9%. The reasons being, uh, so Elsa definitely had evasiveness and movement uh, a hell of a lot faster uh, than Heatmiser. Uh, we gave Heatmiser slight edge in like physical strength, uh, and they're pretty much kind of common with uh, damage level. Uh, we gave Heat Miser the edge in fighting skill just because he's always fighting with his brother. Uh, however, pretty much everything else Elsa kind of had the cake. Versatility, damage potential overall, uh, and uh, what was the last one that I really wanted to hit on? Um, strategic intelligence. So Elsa is able to pull in all the information from all of her little snowmen uh, and all of her, her magic itself. Uh, so she's able to kind of pull it in. So unfortunately for you, my friend, you need to end this here on an amazing note of losing just awfully. And it feels good. 
it, it does feel good. You know, it feels good for you, and I bet it does because I feel like I've won more than I've lost this season already. So I'm I'm okay taking that because I you know I coming into this I watched that movie with my kids again for like you know not gonna date myself uh, the many many times and uh, yeah he he he's big he's kind of chubby he's slow like I I didn't have a whole lot of hope other than like if he could get his hands on her she's dead every time yeah over just overall power I'm sure would have done it however. Elsa is just too fast for that. And the good thing is the cold never bothered her anyways. Ah, bam. That's another pun. Uh, and amazingly enough, we just we just really, as a family, want to tell you collectively, Dustin, you suck. Girls, go ahead. You can say it. See, you're too nice. Yeah. You can suck it. Yay! That's right. Solid wins for everybody. Good job. Good job. That's it. High fives all around. All right, guys. Uh, so with that, uh, again, this year kind of comes to an end for us as far as duels. Next week, we are not going to be having an episode because Dustin and I kind of like our families, if you hadn't noticed from this episode. Um, instead, we're going to be dropping rants. So look out for some grinding of the gears next week. Uh, enjoy your Christmas uh, enjoy your New Year's, Dustin. Uh, I really hope uh, you come back uh, with just the fighting spirit that we know you from. Yeah, you know, I definitely will. And Merry Christmas to you. Have a great holiday season. And I can't wait to uh, hear what it is you got to complain about next week. And we'll see you all next year. All right. See you guys. <laughs>